The following episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television. Because I've already done a Bernie or Bust episode today, and because there's so much happening in the news that I haven't been able to keep up with, I'm going to do a three-part Tying Up the Loose Ends series. Stay tuned. So the first loose end is the endless hypocrisy of how are we going to pay for that talking point. Lauren Martincheck has written, In this richest country on the planet, it's time for the right-wing and centrist Democrats to put an end to that rhetoric. So this article is aimed critically at Democrats. And she's got Nancy Pelosi front and center. Over the past few years in particular, there's no denying that the political apparatus here in the United States has shifted significantly on both the left and the right. While the right wing inches closer and closer to fascism, the left wing has become considerably divided in their approaches to dealing with the issues that face everyday Americans. While the leftist coalition of the Democratic Party has begun fighting for things like Medicare for All, Free Public College, and a Green New Deal, the centrists have predictably moved in the direction of what the Republican Party once was about 20 years ago. The divide in the Democratic Party has certainly been most on display on the national debate stages during this primary season, with some candidates such as Joe Biden and Pete Buttigieg spouting a number of right-wing talking points in response to leftist goals and ideas. Of all the talking points hurled at leftist policies, the most infuriating is undoubtedly, how are we going to pay for that? Just recently, the Democratic House of Representatives appropriated an additional $120 billion to the military budget, bringing the defense budget to over $738 billion, a total, it should be noted, that was more than President Trump even asked for. Not one centrist Democrat or Republican asked if we had the money for that. Meanwhile, the newly enlisted soldiers that our politicians claim to care about and revere don't even make $20,000 a year. The issue is not about having the money. It is an irrefutable fact that this nation can afford programs like universal health care and free public college. If all of Europe and every other developed nation on earth can afford those things for their people, then the richest country on earth is absolutely able to. The issue is about where the money actually is and where it's being spent already. No one asks how we can afford for companies like Amazon, Netflix, and Delta to go without paying their taxes. No one asks how we can afford to slash the tax rate of the richest people in the nation while at the same time having the nerve to argue that we have no choice but to cut Social Security and Medicare programs, programs that every American pays into for their entire working life. No one asks how we're going to pay for a senseless, nearly 20-year-long war in the Middle East that has cost not only trillions of dollars, but hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of lives. No one asks how we can afford to give our oil companies responsible for the destruction of our climate yet another taxpayer-funded government subsidy. No one ever asks how we can afford to subsidize the research for multi-million dollar pharmaceutical companies with taxpayer dollars only to have them turn around and price gouge the American people who paid for the development of their drugs in the first place. The brazen hypocrisy of our government officials might actually be laughable if it wasn't costing lives. 
At the end of the day, as with so many other issues in the political discourse, when it comes to new ideas and legislation, everything comes down to framing. With the help of the media and other powers that be, there's no denying that up until recently, the right wing and centrist Democrats have won in that regard. Far too many of our politicians use, how are we going to pay for that, as a way of cautioning the American people against supporting policies and spending decisions that would actually be in our best interest. And that's not something we should be forced to accept. It's time to elect politicians with the courage to turn that narrative on its head. And rather than asking how we're going to pay for things like Medicare for all, they'll show the American people that we can't afford not to. Going along with Lauren's idea about how are we going to pay for that, here is Stephanie Kelton, an economist, who says there is no long-term debt or deficit problem in the United States. Some of our right-wing and centrist politicians, such as Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer and, and on and on, tell us that we need to balance the budget, that we may have trouble in the future paying for Social Security and Medicaid and things like that. And there is a very devious and cunning and evil underpinning to that argument. So here's Stephanie. When you get an economic boom, the deficit does tend to come down. And so we were seeing that happen. And, and I would say the deficit was falling for the right reasons. And the right reasons are that the economy was improving. Um, some of the more recent reductions in the deficit, I'm afraid, have to do with things like the government you know, pursuing austerity cutting government programs, raising taxes. You know, we had the fiscal cliff, we had the uh, sequester. And so we've had these across the board spending cuts that account for some of the uh, more recent reductions in the deficit. And that's neoliberalism. That's what happens all over the world when austerity measures are used to balance the budget instead of a rising economy. And that's why we have riots all over the place that I've been talking about on previous shows so much because the economy was recovering, but these deliberate attempts on the part of the government to reduce the size of the deficit. So, Stephanie, I, I know you have written extensively about how we shouldn't obsess over the deficit, but but there are many progressive economists that say we should. Um, they, they, they say that maybe not in the immediate future we should be thinking about debt, but in the long term we should be thinking about debt as well as deficits. What is your counter argument um, against that? Why do you say that we shouldn't be focused on it? Well, mainly because if, if you think about the rationale, if the rationale is that the U.S. government is at some future date, you know, whether it's 10 years or 15 or 25 years from now, going to find itself in a situation where it has a debt problem, and by debt problem, you mean, you know, you have debts that you can't pay. Well, then we know that that's just a silly thing to, to be worried about if you're the United States of America. Yeah. Because the U.S. government borrows in dollars and has a monopoly on the creation of the U.S. dollar. Nobody else on the planet can legally create U.S. dollars. Only the U.S. government can do that. And so if you're talking about whether you can afford to make good on promises that you've made to the elderly, to dependents, to the disabled in the form of Social Security support, you would never say we need to reform these programs today because somewhere down the road we're not going to be able to mail the checks to the seniors and the disabled that we promised because we won't know where to get dollars. That doesn't make any sense. And Alan Greenspan has said as much. So I think what happened is that we watched what happened in places like Greece 
And we bought into the story that, you know, somehow we don't get our fiscal house in order. We need to behave like a household, tighten our belts and all that sort of stuff. We're going to end up like Greece. And so I don't see a long-term deficit problem. I don't see a long-term debt problem in terms of the government's ability to make these payments. The only problem that you have in the future is if you've got an economy that is not productive enough, that making those payments as promised, in the case of Social Security, um, would leave you with you know, too much money chasing too few goods, that you don't have a productive economy and you get an inflationary problem. That okay, so we're producing a lot. In 1950, compared to now, we're, we're producing 400% less because of technology advances. So now we're producing 400% more than they, we were in 1950. And so if you look at where is that extra amount going to? Where is our productivity going? What we have is a big scam trying to take our productivity and put it in the pockets of the wealthy. So austerity isn't that we can't afford it. Our, especially with, with advances in technology, we'll be more productive going forward, even if we get much lazier. But what if we continue as we have, we're not going to have a fourth as many hours to work every week. That certainly hasn't happened since 1950. We won't have four times more income. That certainly hasn't happened since 1950. If things go as they have been going and we keep electing lesser evil Democrats, we'll end up with less money in our pockets, more austerity measures, more money going to, the, to those who are already obscenely rich, and more riots. The preceding episode can be viewed on the YouTube channel Bernie or Bust Television.